30.7 million small businesses in the U.S., creating 1.5 million jobs annually. Small business accounts for 64% of new job creation in the U.S. There's strength in numbers. No matter what we face, know that there's strength in us. Because of you, we're able, we're capable, we're resilient, and we are available because we are small business. And together, we're the economy. You're listening to Sonny's Monday Motivation here on loudmouthradio.com. Good day, guys. It is your host, Sonny, and you already know what time it is. It is another opportunity to hear a Sonny's Monday Motivation. And... Today I'm going to do something a little different than what I've done in past shows and in the streaming content that I'm hoping is reaching some ears that's making a difference and is, is bringing some brightness to your day, some hope, some inspiration, some motivation, some pizzazz, whatever it needs to feel uh, within your spirit. I hope that I uh, contribute to that. And um, many of you, may or may not know certain things uh, about me that I'm going to share today in the context of um, just some personal things about me that um, if you get to know me, uh, it won't be too too difficult to, 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 to see. Uh, one of those things is that I am a avid reader. I've been reading majority of ever since I could read. I've always loved to read, no matter where I am. Bathroom, which is one of my favorite places. To, to grab a book and get lost into, or magazine, or whatever printed literature I can, or words, just wherever I can have opportunity to take it in, I will. Um, and because I'm such an avid reader and writer uh, in, in, in that context, I just love words. I love, I love the way uh, things can be expressed by putting things together and, and making emphasis and so that's all my creative aspect of me. That's that that's that one side of the creative side of my brain that gets turned on with various aspects of, of uh things that maybe inspire me or challenge me or make me just think deeper. And um you know, I'm I'm diligently crafting um many passages of different genres, but I think at the end of the day, I'm just naturally drawn to the level of self improvement. Right, because if we're not showing up as our best selves, it's hard to be anything else to anybody else first, right? So I want to. I'm gonna actually read something today, which is where I said I'm gonna do something a little different, and it's going to pattern into what my topic of discussion will be today. And um, I think I'm going to uh, touch on some things that most people have maybe have thought or felt or uh, maybe you haven't arrived there yet. Maybe you may not even be remotely aware if you are um, doing some of these things that I'm going to share with you. Uh, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all about 
um, you know, the the push forward and the self-help. So I'm in the studio, and uh, the sirens decide that they want to go by. So sorry about that. I just took a pause because <laughs> I was like, really? You want to come through and, and, and let the fire be around me now? <laughs> but uh, to get back on path, let me let me step back into my statement of um, today's discussion evolves around things versus happiness, physical things versus happiness. Sometimes I get overwhelmed by the amount of stuff I have. I look around and feel stressed out by the lack of available physical space. My drawers are full, my closets are out of hangers, and my desk is cluttered with all the tiny pieces I picked up as souvenirs. Where did this stuff come from? Why did I buy it in the first place? I don't like half of this stuff, and I certainly don't need 90% of it, so why do I have it? Usually it comes down to happiness. I bought a lot of this extra stuff when I wasn't feeling happy as an attempt to make myself feel better. New clothes, because I felt like I wasn't growing in my job. A magnet with an inspiring quote, because it said something I aspire to practice. Another pair of gym shoes, because I wasn't happy with my physical appearance. All bought in a moment of impulse, and all abandoned when my reality didn't change. In all these cases, I had hoped the thing would be a quick fix for the real problems in my life. Stuff can never do that. Stuff is the physical manifestation of mental clutter. Guys, let me just stop for a second and just reiterate that one sentence real quick. Because I can't speak for you, but when I tell you that one sentence just made this whole section make sense for me. Stuff is the physical manifestation of mental clutter. We're socialized to be consumers, a fact that didn't dawn on me until I realized how wild it is that we advertise to children, prepping them from childhood to be good shoppers. But there are plenty of other ways to soothe the soul. You are not what you buy. You are not your shoes, your books, or your brands. You are a human being whose survival for most of history has been dependent on social connection. You're not hardwired for stuff, for things, for excess. You are hardwired for sunrises, my Favorite thing. That's one of my most favorite things in nature, sunrises as well as sunsets. Families, trees, friends, laughter, dancing, flowers, community, and the gentle chirp of the crickets. What if you don't buy anything today and instead take stock of how you feel and what might actually celebrate or soothe that emotion? So, guys, this is a passage of a book of inspiration that I have in one of my collective aspects of readings, which made me decide to say that today's topic of discussion would be physical things versus happiness. So, for me, (laughs) I'm going to tell you that I have practiced and been a part of that exact thing that I just read. And my car, for instance, it's times that I can look at my car and say, man, your mind is in a space. You're in a place right now that just needs some decluttering, that needs some woosah. You need to pull it together, get it together. I tend to, you know, I have a very mobile office, so let me just start there. Always, always have had a mobile office, but in the complexity of that mobile office, does it look like I've had to look like I've been in a fight 
with everything that I possess in the car. No, I do not have to look like that. So that in itself is a reflection of the, the, the areas in which I recognize that I can tell when I am, you know, very scattered, right? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of creative people can have these tendencies to have a lot of stuff, right? I'm going to be honest about my, my side. So for me, I am a creative marketing uh, vision, vision-centered vision person. So uh, if you made vision boards, you probably got a collection of magazines and books and things of that nature that you're pulling from in order to create and craft your vision board, right? Coffee break, sorry. So, so imagine that on a scale times 10 when it comes to uh, video production or the radio production I'm doing, or I'm dealing with small business owners in regards to their different identifications of things. I have a travel business sector that I have as a uh, another uh, another another business entity. You know, um, I'm a licensed realtor, uh, licensed real estate agent, a realtor. So I have a collective of things, right, guys? That's what I'm saying. Like for real, I'm just being straight up. I'm just giving you all the, the real gusto about me. These are the things that are encompassed in my space, right? And because it's in my space, it's in my energy, and it's in my energy that is oozing off of me in a, in a capacity as well, too. It's, it's, sometimes it seeks before you, you know? And one of the things that I think I've always balanced is that my mom raised my sister and I to honor the things that my mom would work hard for to provide for us, right? So whether it was nice clothing, we had, so if we had a, I remember my mom got me this Liz Claiborne sweater. It was a knit sweater, and I, and I, I this was my first real, um, listen, guys, I, I'm a literal person, so I took it literally to heart. My mother was like, this is your sweater that I'm buying you, and it's a Liz Claiborne sweater. So I'm like 11, 12 years old, you know. And and my mother's making the emphasis about this knit sweater. Now, when I tell y'all this sweater was was knit, like when I tell you it was a knit sweater that was so heavy. Like if you washed it, you had to lay it down flat on a table. So the deal is my mom taught me how to take. So this was my first introduction, really, y'all, honestly, of taking care of white. Because when my mother bought this sweater for me, we're talking about in the in the mid-'80s sometime, right? And that sweater must have ran my mother about $79 or $80, maybe. That is not a cheap piece of garment, not for a teenager or, or preteen. I don't even think I was a teenage age yet. I think I was a preteen, like maybe 11 years old. And my mom said to me that, um, you know, when I tell y'all it was scotch white, it looked like somebody brought a sheep and knitted it and woven it into this beautiful knotted, not knotted, but knit, knit frame sweater. It was a, when I tell y'all I used to love that sweater, and when you washed it, which I had to wash it in wood light. Okay, some of my folks, you don't know what I'm talking about. So I had to wash it in wood light. This is a hand-washed garment, right? And it had to be laid flat. So my mom had a table that she would pull out, put a towel across the table, and that particular garment, among other garments that she may have had that you couldn't wash, you couldn't dry in a machine, it not necessarily needed to be dry clean, but it had to be hand washed, right? So you didn't use the hard detergent, you had to use wood light. Amen, church. I know you know what I'm talking about. 
So I had to put the, the sweater out and lay it out flat. It couldn't be hung on a, on a hanger either because then it would make indentions in your in your shoulders and take the, the body of the sweater and mess it up. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. These, these are those who understand will understand, right? And for those who don't know, get, get game right now. So I put the sweater out on the table, and it had to. that's the way it had to dry. So the towel would absorb the water that's draining from the sweater, and then, and then ultimately after maybe a day or so, the sweater would be dry. And when I tell y'all this sweater was scotch white, I could feel the material so vividly right now, right? And um, my mom said, you got to keep this sweater clean because if you don't, it is going to mess up this sweater. And I did not pay good money for this sweater for you to mess it up. So it was, you know where I wear, I wore, I wore it to. It was a church piece of garment, right? Right? So... You know, for me, uh, growing up, I grew up in church. My mom's a, 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 a pianist, minister of music, choir director, that whole realm. Grew up in church. My mom been playing the piano since she was five years old. So y'all know what my life looked like every week. Every week it was a must. You had to go to church, right, multiple times during the week. On top of that, I became a self-taught, tutored drummer. My little sister followed behind me, and I went off to school, and she started becoming a drummer. So... I grew up in church, man, so there was demands on my week. You know, even as an 11, 12, 13-year-old, um, I was a musician for our choir. So I would wear this sweater on, you know, for church and maybe for some other, like maybe for a holiday or something like that. So, you know, this is a winter sweater. I grew up in Chicago, so you already know. You got to have some garments that you, that can keep you warm. So this sweater, man, literally you didn't have to wear and You couldn't really wear anything underneath it. It wasn't a wool sweater so it wasn't itchy because I'm sensitive to wool like that but it was a beautifully woven cotton like when I tell you I felt like I had a, a, a cloud nine sheet of uh, heavy woven cotton sweater it was a beautiful uh, uh, garment and Liz Claiborne at that time was hot you know back then it was certain designers that people uh, were, were, were pulling towards so if you were you know, kind of in that standardized level of, you know, that mid-class, you know, I got a little little, 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 little look about myself. You know, Liz Claiborne was like the Michael Kors of today, right? It was kind of like that, 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 that momentum. And then if you was like hip-hop and, you know, you was into your, your streetwear and stuff like that, you was, you was what, bumping Tommy Hilfiger. Um, Tommy Hilfiger was on the scene. Um... Carl Kanai, uh, Boss, um, Color. I mean, I'm listening. I'm look. I'm digressing. I done broke all the way away from what I was talking about in a sense, but I wanted you all to understand just significantly because we're talking about this stuff, right? This is exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying because look, look how we go off and get caught up, right? And I think clothing is a big part of our culture now, you know. Um, the hip hop world, to, to the credit, has signified a, a significant increase of awareness of consumerism when it comes to clothing, right? Um, but not to be shied away from TV and, and and film because there were shows like Dynasty that was on at that time, Falcon Crest, Knots Landing, and you would see these families or these progressives of people that were in front of you, the Cosby Show, you know. Um, so we were impressed about things at a standard you know 
you know, for us, you know, from a media, I'm, I'm media, so I have to own this, right? I'm, I'm part of the creative process of things that people are taking in, right? Whether it's audio or video or, 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 or analytically written. Um, so literally, we have had so many things that have been influential to us, right? So if you watch these shows, if you're a part of, like, back in the 80s, you watched TV. You knew that on on Thursdays, not Landon came on, Dynasty came. You know the days when your shows were on, right? Um, and at that time, the house went shut down. Ain't nobody talking to nobody. Ain't nobody calling nobody. You sitting in front of the TV catching it out. If you had a mom like me, she had her VCR set. So if she had something going on, she wasn't missing her soaps. Days of Our Lives was recorded every day, okay? And... The nighttime soap opera scene was, you know, what it was. Falcon Crest, um, you name it, okay? And, but these shows, guys, literally, this is when TV was significant in everybody's life to the point that um, if you were known to wear big hats and, like my mom, you wore big hats and had this glamorous flair, then you might have been influenced by Diane Carroll or Jackie Collins in, in Dynasty, right? Um, if you were wearing your little rope chains or maybe you had some, you know, nice high-top sneakers, Theo might have been in your ear. Kool-Aid, what's up, boy? Malcolm, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Um, you know, or or you, you may have um, been influenced by, um, you know, Martin. Right, Martin was on, so so you 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 had some of the the hottest looks. You wore your starter jacket, and so guys, you see what I'm saying? So for the for as long as I can recall and remember, even to this day, is even more prevalent. I got nieces and nephews that are spending more money for you than you are, which is I I can't I can't I can't lie. We did it to our parents, so there we have it. But it has accelerated such a more aggressive state over the years, right? Um, it was a big deal to get a pair of Jordans. 200 I remember when Jordan started spiking from 100 to 150 to $200 and even when I was in college I played in a number of Jordans and to this day I look at myself and was like what the hell was I thinking I, you know y'all I gave all my shoes away If you know me uh, when it comes to Jordan fanatic bro you know I played basketball played in high school played college played professionally and it, it just dawned on me years ago. I said, what was I thinking? I, I, when I tell y'all, I've, I've just always done that. I've always been one to take care of my shoes. Um, and, and this is part of that aspect, guys. My mother taught me and my sister to take care of your stuff. So we had clothes that we wore to church, clothes that we wore to school, and then we had play clothes. Do you hear me? So when we got out of church, me and my sister, we had our play clothes in the car. We get in the car from church. We have on our church wear. By the time we hit the third block on the corner, we done all done changed clothes in the car, ready to go to the next adventure and get busy. Most likely headed to my aunt's house to go play with my cousins, my my cousin brothers, Alan and 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 Zoe, and 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 and, and my cousins Toya and and Greg. You know, be those were your those were your 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 siblings, your cousin siblings. So it was this thing about, you know, you would, um, you know, have to identify that there was a certain thing when it came to a sector of difference of your items. Like this is more uh, natured and, and equivalent to this. So you can't play in these clothes. You can't uh, take your games out the house that, 
you know, mom don't work for because they hunted out. Y'all get what I'm saying? So we got all this stuff. So we've been raised from from child from, from our peers and, and the things around the world. Society has done it. We 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 got to own it. Society did it to us. And so, guys, we've come to this point in which we've had equivalency of our life pattern around things, our cars, right, our houses, what we walk into, what we get out of, we feel is the utter representation of who we are. But is it truly true? Is it really, really? Because, you know, we, we're in the social media world now, y'all, that things to be put on. People can go and stand on a tarmac next to a private plane and say, yo, I'm just skiing today. And it's impression, it's influence, right? I might not own it. I might not have it. It may not be mine directly, but I want you to feel like you can connect with me at this plane. You know, I participated. I understand. I know it. But then there's also the part for me where I might, you know, use it as an inspiration for myself and then maybe somebody else. And it's not really the pretentiousness of it that I'm really, you know, about. It just could be about the desires to be in more. Most times our 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 aspects of 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 measurement of things is because we want to reach a certain level when it comes to things. You you get what I'm saying? It's not so much about owning every car, but the fact that, that I can obtain it and I can I can possess it and I can use it and so really what is it? Is it really the thing or is it the freedom of being able to have a choice and being able to enjoy it? Because this is the truth of the matter. You know how over the last 10 or 15 years, more people, younger people as well, have become more prevalent of of uh, renting luxury cars. We're in a world now where um, car sharing, let's use Turo for example. You can rent a car. You know, I don't own a Lamborghini, but I can go on Turo and for the day I can maybe pay $400 and drive a Lamborghini. Why would I do that? Because there's something in that connection of wanting to drive that particular vehicle for that amount of time is because I want to feel something. I want to feel accomplished, I want to feel successful, I want to feel wealth, I want to, you know, whatever it is that's embodied around it, it has some feeling that defines why I want to connect to it. The same thing about people. Why is there certain people you hunger to connect to? Celebrities, why is there certain celebrities that you're into and others you're not? So what I find everybody has their own level of evolution and what that looks like. And I'm not saying that what my desire of increase looks like is the same for you. I'm not saying that at all. You know, you may decide that you want to walk from every materialistic thing that you possess, and you may just want to be on buried ground and go and live somewhere remote. Why? Because it's a feeling that you're looking to experience. There's no right or wrong. I'm just saying that let's be aware. I'm, so uh, let me be clear. Being raised by my mom, who I, I, I watched work and buy things that she wanted, and she worked and she bought things that she wanted to have. And, you know, I may not have always agreed with the way that looked or how it felt or times where things where it may have been 
it wasn't for me. It was for her. It was her decision. It was her walk. It was her craft. It was her thing. Now, from her, I know that I attained a amazing amount of ability to have uh, good taste. I understand the value of, 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 of a dollar, the value of things that are of, of, of high value, things that may be of a lower value. I know the differentiation, right? I have excellent taste when it comes to different variations of things. I can go over the top, exquisite and extravagant, and I can go simple, simplistic. So my realm and my range stretches across the board. So I'm thankful for that because it gives me a balance, and it can make me objectify different things about myself and, and, and see certain things, as long as I'm paying attention and I'm being conscious. So I don't necessarily have to be driven the same because I want to get things, right? I am going to tell you that the more we are in this society of, I think, you know, during the pandemic, um, the social connection became more important than ever. When you got isolated or you was forced to be still or, you know, if you lived alone and you didn't have interaction with people. You remember how that felt? Remember when we could not just necessarily just up and run and go and we didn't really know what was happening? Then all of a sudden the child, the dog, the parent, the sibling, the cousin, the the friend became more of the attention again. The connection reconnected. The The aspect of, hmm, Maybe I need to go ride a bike because I miss air, I miss space, I miss atmosphere, I miss nature. You know, we get caught up in, in sometimes in the pursuit of things that we don't even realize or recognize where our happiness lies or where we are emotionally. We, we haven't even checked in with ourselves. What I loved about what this writer said in reference to um, – I bought new clothes because I felt like I wasn't growing in my job. A magnet, I, I, this is definitely me, a magnet with an inspiring quote because it says something I aspire to practice. So for me, I ain't going to lie, y'all. I can, I, can, I can pull stuff, say stuff. Now thank God that we do have phones. Get massive, I have to have massive storage because I might have quotes and messages. On my social media, you're going to see a lot. You're going to see, I might post videos and say, but for a bigger part of things, you're going to see some inspirational stuff that's going to be in my page, something that is, magnetized to make an emphasis about something. Because I said something I aspired to practice, I got this magnet, you know. Another pair of gym shoes because I wasn't happy with my physical appearance. All bought in a moment of impulse and all abandoned when my reality didn't change. Ooh, people. In those cases, I hope the thing will be a quick fix for the real problems of my life and stuff can never do that. So, guys, do you hear that? That is so – I know so many people that live in that realm of exercising their life like that. They'll buy these things or they'll go and get this and obtain it and, you know, and it, it, it's short-lived. It's not sustained. And why is that? Because it wasn't obtained for the reasons in which you really got to enjoy it. You got it because you thought that it was going to make you feel better or you thought that it would give you this fleeting type of experience. Now, you can challenge me and say, Sonny, you know what, but how about for the most of any and everything you accumulate, you're not using it all the time. Absolutely right. So in matters like that, what what do you do? Purge. I don't know about you all, but, you know, you got different charities, you got different people, uh, you know, you might have church family, friends, strangers, it doesn't matter. 
you know, I've come into this habit, like, when I start buying some things, like items of clothing, for instance, if I'm bringing in items, I'm also working to, to take items out of my out of my closet, out of my possession. So, like, I mentioned, you know, my shoes. Like, I used to have a pair of East, I had three pair of Eastland boots. I remember having two pair at one time at the same time. And if you've never known what an Eastland boot is, I think you still find them. Um, I think East Bay still may retail them, but they're hard to find. In, in certain markets, but they when I tell you they're one of the best leather-bound boots, and I remember buying these Eastlands. I had a quarter-length boot, one that was a low top, and one that came above your ankle. And it's, I love hard leather leather goods, too. See how I'm, I'm, hey, I'm old enough to, I'm telling y'all, hey, no, no shame, no blame here, right? But I had these pair of Eastland boots. Well, I loved them. They were a dark, a dark uh, brown, and the, the one pair I had, it was dark brown leather, Hide. It had a strap that crossed over the foot, but around the trim of the foot, there was a black strip around the foot. There was all the whole boot is leather, purely leather, and the strip around the lining of the boot was black leather, and it was a two-tone color boot. And y'all, when I tell y'all, I had those boots for probably about seven years, and by the time I decided to part from those boots, they looked like I only had, had them a year, and I wore them diligently. I wore them quite a bit. And I remember when I was giving the boots off to somebody, how much gratitude I had that I was able to keep the boots in such a good condition that somebody else could find value in that boot. Unbeknownst to them, they don't know I've had that boot for six or seven years. Right? And because I had that boot at that length of time, well, see, I'm one of those people that a lot of times the things that I buy are not faddish type of clothes or items. And what I mean by faddish is meaning that they're not connected just to the specific time period per se when I buy it. So um, I'm not going to throw brands hard heavy right now, but for the most part, there is certain brands that you know have this classic elm about them. So I will give one because it's one of my favorites. But Ralph Lauren has been known to be an American classic uh, this designer that makes things that if you wore it in 89, you could probably wear it in 95 and probably wear it in 2005. Why? Look at the range of his clothing, polo shirts, which is one of the biggest things that he's known for. Um, they, they're the same. You got the little pony on there. The shirt is whatever color it is. It's classic, clean, solid, probably not a whole lot of, it ain't saying 2020 was the bomb year, none of that stuff. It's just basic, right? So what's so funny is that, um, you know, most times people are not necessarily identifying what's next with that item when they're buying it. They're buying it for that moment, right? Um, but for me, like, as I, like I'm sitting in my I'm looking around the, the room of my surroundings, and I can identify things that, yeah, I'm using that. Nope, I haven't touched that. You know what? That's something I think I need to get rid of, you know? So, guys, it's just... I know I, I said I try to keep my, my – this one I don't went in today. <laughs> this is one of those shows that went a little bit beyond my 15-minute 15, 15 range for sure. But, guys, I think it's important to have these real discussions, right? I mean, these are just – hey, I just give what's off my heart and what's going on as a collective in my consciousness. So I, I think that the the last part of this, was so significant. What if you don't buy anything today? Instead, take stock of how you feel and what might actually celebrate or soothe that emotion. So in other words, the thing that, you, let's say today you go out and you see something you like and you want, but maybe you don't have the finances to buy it. 
right? A lot of people call it window shopping. Let's just go there. But let's say you're out today, you see something you really, really like, and you're like, ooh, I like that. Not in a position to buy it, but that doesn't take away the factor that you like it. Think about beyond that thing at that moment. This is a challenge for you. Look at that thing or whatever it is, and then take it a step further and think about what the emotion is of the motivation to get it. What is it about this particular thing that I want to get, and why do I want to have it? Because it's going to make me feel or make me think or make me or not. And what's funny, I bet you a lot of times some of the things that we look at that we might have interest in that we picked up, if you think through a little bit more, you may identify for the fact that, you know, I really i am good. I don't want that. I really don't need it. All right, y'all. Hey, church is done with that one, all right? Because <laughs> I could keep going on and on and on on this thing if I, if I, if I didn't watch my time. Guys, I want to tell you that the world is ready for is ready for you, you know. Um, I charge you to um, take, 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 take today coming out of this, out of this piece, and, and after you listen to this, um, to just do some inner checking, right? Um, also, look at some of the things around you, because there is some decluttering that I can also still see that I can do. And let's see what we come up with, man. Let's see what the discovery of what. Let's see what rises out of the ashes. That what 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 gives us, um, what gives us vibrancy or gives us uh, energy? What gives us inspiration? What gives us happiness? Right. In doing so, let's get beyond the things and let's get more centered in the within, right? And 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 then those circuit boards within us connect to those type of high emotions because happiness brings about something amazing in your body. It does something amazing in your atmosphere. It does something amazing with the people around you. You're a change maker. You know, you become a light at that point, right? So, guys, that's what I just wanted to share with you today. This is just part of my thought my, my thought processes of my, my of self-check-in and self-improvements and self-helps and all that good stuff as they categorize it as such. But I just want to thank you for having the opportunity to listen in and tune in. And I hope that you have uh, had an opportunity to save us as one of your favorite podcasts to follow. And if you haven't had a chance, share it with someone. Maybe somebody could get a little bit of this and, and, and feel good about it as well. And um, until next week, we'll come back and have another discussion. I hope that you have an amazing week and that during this period of retrograde, that you are going with the flow and not against it. I'll be blessed. On a tight budget, find local savings on loudmouth.com. Find great coupon deals in your area of local restaurants, hair salons, auto home improvement contractors, and more. Rate and review your favorite businesses or click and connect them on your favorite social network pages with a friend. Loudmouth.com, the voice for local search, local business, and local savings. Register your small business online today with loudmouth.com, the small business choice for affordable internet and local advertising with plans as low as $65 a month. Create your business mini website profile promoting your products and services. Join the Loudmouth Network and get top placement on loudmouth.com today. No matter the time or the season, we're open and available 24-7. Shouldn't your dealership be too? Carumba.com, the convenient online used vehicle marketplace. 
Register your independent dealership now. You're listening to Sunny Monday Motivation here on Loud My Brain.